Hello, Loose Lug Nation. Welcome to edition number 56 of the Loose Lugs Racing Podcast. Mark number 56, not a super popular number. Uh, I have down here, of course, Martin Truex Jr. in the Napa 56. Uh, that was a good one there. Had some success in it for Michael Waltrip. Uh, also, Timmy and Tyler Hill with Hill Motorsports. And also, Tim Rothy at the local level. Who do you got, buddy? Hey, uh, how about uh, Nate Van Wyken, who's a, a series champion out there? Um, Colton Gerlaski, he runs down at Jefferson. He's uh, getting better every year. And for all you older guys, how about uh, how about Fred Bender? Freddie Bender was in a 56. It was a yellow and black, uh, sharpest-looking Camaro you'd ever see. Um, not very successful, but just one heck of a super-looking uh, uh, race car back then in the 56. Yeah, some uh, great memories, some great drivers in that 56. Again, not super popular, but some good ones in there. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, not popular. Well, we have a great show lined up for you today. We're going to talk about Daytona, NASCAR's back, racing's back. You know, we talk about the Rolex 24 kind of kicking off the season, but when you're to Daytona, it's in it's in full swing. We'll also have Ty Majeski joining us talking about uh, his Daytona weekend and uh, some exciting stuff there. So uh, let's get into it. Let's start out with the Camping World Truck Series uh, Stage 1. Uh, actually, before stage one, let's get into it. How about Ty getting the pole there at Daytona? What an incredible feat that is. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, looking at Thor, you know, all four of them in practice were all together. And then, uh, yeah, he popped a good lap. And, uh, you know, the final 10 got to run uh, uh, run the second lap on there. And by gum, if Ty didn't get the uh, fast time, man, quite surprising and exciting all at once. Oh, absolutely. I was super pumped for that. Um, you know, he leads the majority of stage one. There was a couple of KBM trucks behind him that pounced. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek gave him a, a little shove that got him a little loose, and they went by him. Uh, Nemechek goes on to win stage one, followed by Chandler Smith, Friesen, Heim, Zane Smith, Enfinger, then Ty was seventh. Uh, Tanner Gray, Brett Holmes, and Ankrum rounded out the top ten there. Uh, stage two. Uh, pretty calm. Uh, Nemechek goes on to win the second stage, so he sweeps the stages there, uh, followed by Rhodes, Chandler Smith, Eckes, Crafton, Austin Wayne Self, Ankrum, Derek Kraus, good uh, run in stage two for him, uh, Austin Hill, and Ty was 10th. Um, Ty and Derek hooked up there for a little bit as well. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah, for sure. All of a sudden, look at them two on the outside, you know, hooking up together. So, yeah, I was keeping an eye on both of them at that time. Yeah. Uh, stage three, you knew the excitement was coming here. Um, Heim had an issue and got into Ty's left rear there, created a little bit of rub. He ended up being okay. There was a caution that came out shortly after that. And then the big incident that a lot of people are talking about, uh, coming to the white flag, the yellow flag comes out like one foot before the line. And you and I were talking at a time and you couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe it, but you were in awe that the white or the, uh, Yellow flag came out there. Ankrum got turned. Nemechek, Kraus, Enfinger, Chandler Smith, others involved. But uh, how close it was for that race to be over. The official had his finger right on the toggle switch. And I didn't believe it till they showed uh, the camera from Pitt Road and they showed it across. And if it wasn't less, yeah, it was less than a foot when they flipped that flipped that switch. So that we, we, got, we were treated to a green-white checker just because of that. 
Yeah, and how about the camera angles that NASCAR has? What a great job. You know, they showed it from pit road there, showing the light flicking just as they were coming to the start-finish line. Uh, incredible that they have technology and cameras like that that can show it and, and prove what happened. Yeah, but that was one heck of a pile up there at the end, though. That that took out a lot of, lot of drivers. Some had damage. I, um, yeah, some made it through, some didn't, and uh, still ended up being super truck race. Yep, for the green white checker. Absolutely, uh, green white checker. Like you just mentioned, Zane Smith goes on to win at Daytona, followed by Rhodes, Eckes, Tanner Gray, Kligerman, Little, Majeski was seventh. Uh, Bone, Josevar, and Matt Benedetto round out the top 10. But like you said, a super race. Yep, yep. Always is. I like the truck race. They seem like they always put one of the better shows on down at Speed Weeks down there. Oh, I, I think every week the trucks are uh, some of the best to watch. So uh, yep, for sure. no surprise at Daytona. Well, let's bring in uh, the uh, seventh place finisher and the and the pole winner at Daytona. Ty Majeski joins us now. Ty, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good, guys. Appreciate you having me on, as always. Absolutely. Well, we just mentioned you got the pole and had a great uh, Friday night down at Daytona. How cool was that to lead the field to green? I mean, awesome that you guys captured the pole there. Well, it was a cool moment, uh, not only for myself, but for our whole team. Um, just, you know, I've always, you know, as you guys have known, the NASCAR stuff for, for myself hasn't been ideal. I haven't found that right situation and uh and i feel like this is it and it was really cool to fire that off sitting on the pole obviously it doesn't say much for uh myself as a driver sitting on the pole at a place like daytona but uh from a team perspective um a lot of teams take pride in super speedway qualifying just because it is all about uh the equipment and the truck obviously the driver He's to do his job getting up to speed, and there's things that you can do to um, to help your situation in qualifying. But uh, the majority, all these guys build the truck, all the body is mounted, um, and, and pushing the rules on everything. So um, the guys, you know, my crew chief Joe Shear uh, and my truck chief Tyler Schulich and all of our guys put in so much time into that truck, and if. We, we stayed after hours, after everyone else in the shop was, went home. We stayed, and um, it's all about stuff's right, and you're pushing, you know, right up against the rules on every little thing because it all makes a huge difference um, at a, you know, 50-second lap around the two-and-a-half-mile racetrack at 180 miles an hour. It, all the little things matter. So um, it was cool to see all that hard work. Uh, pay off with, with the pole. Well, you led the majority of stage one there. Unfortunately, you had a couple of KBM trucks behind you there that bounced on you, as I mentioned before. Um, but leading the majority of the stage, what a, what a good save by you when uh, John Hunter got into you a little bit too. Yeah, it was, it was a, overall a good, it was a good start to the race for us. Um, we actually had uh, a fuel pickup issue develop throughout the race. Um, we diagnosed when we got back, it was actually a loose, a loose fuel line inside the fuel cell. So, um, that was basically sucking air at times and, uh, the fuel pressure was, uh, was, was, uh, was flickering a lot, uh, between, you know, what it should be and, and zero. So, uh, I don't know. We had, we showed some strength throughout the beginning stages of that stage. I, I don't know. It would have been hard for them 
to get around us, uh, given how the trucks were drafting and, uh, and how good our truck was. So uh, we had an issue. We, we tried to fix it multiple times down pit road. Uh, just couldn't get it fixed. Um, as you guys mentioned earlier, Carlos was able to push me to the lead uh, with the missing engine or with the, with the engine missing. So it, it just, it was making me very, just gets my bumper when I don't, I don't think otherwise they would have been able to. So um, fortunately we had that issue, costing us probably a few stage points, but um, overall the goal going into Daytona was, was to get stage points, both stages, which we did, and come home with a solid finish. And that's, and that's what we did. So it was a good start for, for our team going into Vegas. Uh, we're, we're took place in, in points. Um, can't ask for uh, a better position than that going into the second race of the season. Hey, stepping back on that fast qualifier, what do you uh, what do you experience, or did you uh, have uh, something that you didn't realize uh, by winning the poll? Um, tell us uh, what uh, happens after you win the poll. Well, I'll go into some of the some of the driver stuff, you know, that that maybe a regular fan doesn't see. So you basically you get one lap, right? So you come out of pit road, say, uh, you know going into turn one and you're green that next time by, right? And these trucks have so much drag and we have, you know, they're, we have such a big restrictor plate in them that there's not a lot of horsepower. So it's all you can do to get these trucks up to speed by the time you come back, come back around to the green flag. So it's all about maximizing your launch off the pit road, not spinning the tires, you know, not lugging the engine, which is easy to do, um, you know, with the, with the, gear ratios we have in all that stuff matters getting up to speed coming back around to the line so i actually spent some time down towards the end of pit road i was the 28th truck to qualify so i was watching different techniques guys use to get their trucks up to speed the most efficiently and just trying to take everything in learn as much as i could so i could do the best job uh when it was my turn but thankfully you know, I, I've got a lot of great guys to lean on. Joe's been doing this a long time. Uh, so he knows a lot of tricks and stuff and taught me a lot. Some of the tricks I won't, I won't say on here. But, uh, but it's all, all the little things. Like I said, uh, it was cool to, to get that full award and um, did a couple of interviews. Uh, one at track interview on the loudspeaker and then, of course, one for TV. And um, then I go over to uh, the Camping World Truck Series hauler. Uh, where there's some media members. I was on Sirius XM, uh, did a couple of radio interviews, and, and, uh, and, and took a couple of pictures at the at the tail of the Camping World Truck Series hauler. So uh, it was a cool experience for me, something that I've always wanted. Um, it was always a goal of mine to get a pole on the upper series of, you know, whether that be ARCA, trucks, Xfinity. And I never could land it. I was fortunate enough to win some ARCA races, never was able to capture a pole. So it was a cool moment for me. We all mentioned that you and Derek worked well together uh, this year. Last year, you guys were both in uh, Toyotas. This year, Derek's in a Chevy, but there's a lot of familiarity with you, you and him there. Did you guys discuss working together if there was an opportunity in the race at all prior? No, not, not really. Uh, you know, our plan was to stick with all the Toyotas. And, uh, just the way the race played out, the way we came out of pit road, uh, it just kind of happened. Um, you know, we, we obviously trust each other. We know each other. Um, you know, it was cool. It was a cool moment that, you know, there was one time where he, he pushed me to the lead, of course, and I got down on the inside and then 
uh, he got a run on, on the top, and it was just a cool moment. You know, two super late model guys from Wisconsin uh, leading, you know, just living their dreams at Daytona. Derek, Derek tweeted something like that, and, and it's it's uh, really true. Uh, who would ever thought, you know, I, I was helping him go-kart racing years and years ago. Who would ever thought we'd be leading, you know, a NASCAR race together at, at Daytona? It's a, a pretty cool moment thinking back on it it, uh, it really is there was a couple of uh anxious moments when you two were working together in stage two including when ankrum got severely out of shape in front of you um talk to us a little bit about that yeah guys are just it, it, that, that that race is so tough so the, the, the trucks rely so much on aero um because the bodies are are a truck they're taller um which also means they poke a bigger hole in the air when you're behind another one so even though they create big downforce and drag numbers when you're by yourself, the opposite is true when you're behind one because they poke a bigger hole in the air. So um, the truck race, super speedway racing, it may look easy from TV, but uh, you're white knuckling these trucks all the way around the racetrack. Um, and and the, worst, the worst of it is actually through the tri-oval and coming out of the corners when the trucks see less load. So when the trucks are loaded up in the corners, you actually have a good amount of grip. Um, but when the trucks unload, coming out of the corners and through the dog leg, um, that's when they get that's when they get out of shape. So um, you have to be careful when you hit people and when you're on somebody's door and when you're bump drafting and where you're at relative to the truck in front of you. Uh, there's just a lot of factors that you have to be ready for because these trucks are so uneasy behind each other. I, I can't believe that there weren't more wrecks uh, throughout the race. There were so many almost moments. I had a couple and, you know, you guys mentioned the one in stage one and there were so many times where, you know, guys had to back out of the throttle and it would bunch up the field and everybody would save it. And um, for a while there, I didn't think we were actually going to have a big one. And, uh, and then apparently a point before the start finish line, it happened. So, um, had a little bit of damage, were able to salvage uh, a good seventh place finish out of it. So it was uh, a good experience all around. So Ty, uh, let's talk about that bump and run that uh, John Hunter Nemechek put on you. Did you uh, did you know that that was coming? And because uh, he was trying, he was trying to set you up about three laps before that, and on that turn four there, how loose did you get when he hit, when he touched you? Well, I mean, it, it was, you know, it may not look big from TV, but when you're going 180 miles an hour and uh, everything happens so quick on radial tires, you, you have all kinds of grip, and then all of a sudden you don't. And then it's at that point, it's super easy to overcorrect. So you do all you can not to overcorrect, you know, into the outside wall as well as save the truck. So uh, it's got to be quick movements on the wheel um, to try and save it. You hope you did enough that on that one jerk of the wheel and back straight and you hope you, you saved your truck and obviously experience and muscle memory helps with that and uh, thankfully I was able to save it uh, but, I, but I knew it was coming just because of where my where my engine was missing uh, he was obviously getting big runs at me at the end of the straightaway and that's where my engine would miss and I, I knew he was getting runs and he obviously saw that he's he's not a dummy he, he saw I, he, you know he didn't he didn't probably know I had an engine or an engine missing, but he knew for whatever reason he was getting good runs at the end of the, at the end of the straightaway. So 
he was able to set me up for it. He did what he needed to do. Obviously, I wish he would have just stayed in line and pushed me to the stage when but uh, with, with two other KPM trucks behind him, I kind of knew it was coming. How much did that engine miss uh, hurt you guys? And um, how often did you try to look at it to see if it was salvageable or fixable during pit stops or yellow flakes? Yeah, so uh, it was it was a big deal. Uh, there was times where actually when Carlos pushed me back to the lead and, um, and I was back to the bottom, he was able to clear me super easily because of it. Uh, I just, it would, any run that I had, it would just style it out. It wasn't to the point where, you know, it was making it dangerous for guys around me, but it was enough where it was killing uh, my momentum and I was sort of styling the inside lane. You know, Carlos got down in front of me. Uh, I feel like because of it, um, so it, it wasn't a huge deal. Uh, it was, it was hurting my abilities to sort of control the race. Um, but it wasn't hurting my ability to stay, you know, inside the top five or anything like that. So I just couldn't make the same moves, um, that I would have been able to, if it wasn't happening. Uh, we came down pit road at the end of stage two to try and fix it. We're looking to see if potentially it was, uh, it was a, a loose plug wire or something. We were, we were figuring Maybe the maybe the fuel pressure gauge wasn't accurate, and it wasn't a fuel pressure issue. Uh, so we, we tried to, to look into seeing if we could fix it, but um, it, it wasn't fixable. So I uh, just kind of had to deal with it the rest of the race. And, um, you know, I hate seeing trucks get destroyed like that, but it probably took a 20th place finish for us, or at least high teens, and uh, we got a solid top 10 out of it. Well, we uh, we mentioned before that you got a piece of that big incident coming to the white flag. How bad was your truck damaged there, and did you think you still had a shot after that happened? It looked like there was a pretty big rub on the right side. Yeah, we had a lot of right front damage. Uh, so I hit the four truck in his right rear with my right front. He was sitting broadside. I couldn't see him. There was just a bunch of smoke, and I was – through a bunch of it and I thought maybe I was going to get through it. And then, uh, then there he was and I had no time to react and miss him. And, uh, actually when I made contact with him, my biggest issue throughout the wreck was it actually slid the engine forward. So it bent, uh, the engine mount plates and my throttle was, was stuck half three quarter throttle. So it was, I was managing that under yellow and uh and on the restart just trying to you know using my ignition and uh popping the clutch and shutting the engine off uh to be able to obviously maintain pace under yellow but obviously you can't have the engine stuck half the three-quarter throttle under yellow so i was having to manage it by uh turning the engine off and using the clutch and keeping it in, in third gear and kind of lugging the engine when i did refire it so that was a little bit of a of the game and, and of course the damage that we had it, it cleaned the whole left side off the left side of the spoiler was sort of hanging off and a ton of right front damage so i i didn't obviously know how really bad it was when i was in the truck uh, they were telling me it wasn't that bad but once we got rolling um you know with the spoiler being down my handling wasn't good i was really really free and of course i had a ton of drag with uh, with the right front being caved in, but uh, we had a tire rub. Thankfully, the yellow came out there after we crossed the start finish line on the white flag lap. We're able to salvage the seventh place finish with a with a pretty destroyed truck. So 
Um, thankful, thankful the caution came when it did. I don't know if that tire would have made it another lap. Yep, that was going to be my next question. Wondering if you were going to make it back around. Hey, uh, Cincinnati has joined on board. Tell us about them. Uh, where did that? How did that all come about? Yeah, they're a, a great company, local to, to us in, in Ohio. Um, you know, Duke owns many companies, and uh, on the campus at at ThorWorks, uh, you know, they utilize different um, tools for uh, cutting and shaping metal uh, for the different uh, the different products that they design and manufacture at, at ThorWorks. So uh, he was in need of a of a few. Um, products that Cincinnati uh, manufactures and and uh, it was a good opportunity for for us to put a deal together uh, a, a true b2b deal which is really a lot how a lot of sponsorship deals are nowadays in in today's reality so uh, it was a good uh, a good b2b deal for us uh, happy to have them on board really really great guys um, they uh, they're basically a, a company that manufactures uh Things like big um, industrial size press brakes and laser cutters and things of that nature. So, um, great opportunity for us. Happy to have them on board for multiple races this season. Um, and, and we look forward to continuing that relationship into the future. Moving ahead to Las Vegas, it's a track that you mentioned and we asked about when you made your announcement a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, you have a start there in 2020. You started fifth, finished 13th. And then, of course, last year, Thorsport goes one, two, three, four there. Talk to us about going to Las Vegas now in uh, after the off week here. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, Thorsport's company is, is obviously coming off a great race there in the fall. Um, Thorsport's historically has always had really, really solid trucks there. So uh, we're excited to get there with this uh, with this. Uh, new Toyota Tundra TRD Pro nose. Um, we've uh, we've had some some trucks in the wind tunnel, and we got an idea of, of, of what we're of the differences that we're going to see from a from a uh, aerodynamic perspective. And uh, we're we're excited. We think uh, we think our trucks are better. We think our bodies are better. Uh, so we're we're excited for it. Um, you mentioned I had a, a start there in 2020. Uh, we, we qualified really good there with these motorsports. Uh, did not race well at all. Uh, we completely missed missed the balance as, as a whole there. But uh, uh, excited to go back there. Um, a track I have some experience at. I was actually there. Uh, I didn't race there, but I was there in 2017 uh, when I did shocks for Roush. Uh, Ryan Reed and Bubba Wallace raced there. So I've got some experience uh, sort of. Uh, being a crew member there and and driving there, so it's a good opportunity for us to build off of our momentum that we created at Daytona. So uh, excited for it. Uh, Joe's been working hard on the truck and all the guys. Um, so I, I think we'll have a we'll have a really solid truck, and hopefully we can go and uh, have a good solid run again. I have one last question for you here, Ty. Thank you so much for your time. You're always gracious enough with us. Um, the, what are your thoughts on the Xfinity Series crash? You're a mechanical engineer by trade, and when you see an accident like that, do you naturally want to go and check things out and see how you can make things safer, see what happened, um, all of that? And then, of course, your thoughts on the Daytona 500. Well, you know, wrecks like that are, are just inevitable um, from, you know, 
just uh, it's just if if it's possible, it's going to happen eventually. And uh, we've seen you know cars or race vehicles get up into the catch vents, not only in NASCAR, but um, you know we've seen it happen in IndyCar, and you've seen it take drivers' lives um, when when cars get airborne and they get into the catch vents. The catch fence completely destroys and disintegrates these race vehicles, and it makes them it makes them look like they're made of paper. It's unbelievable. I mean, that ripped the entire rear clip off. The engine is laying on the racetrack. I mean, it 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 rips these apart like they're nothing. And um, instead of trying to make the trucks stronger because they're they're designed to fold, right? And if they don't fold and absorb the impact. It then becomes a, a safety issue for the driver when they hit a wall. So, in my mind, you need to take. A... I don't know what the answer to that is. You know, in my mind, like something that is that you can see through, that's you know transparent, and something that you know is smooth. Obviously, plexiglass isn't strong enough, but something smooth like that to where if a truck a, a race vehicle got airborne it would just slide instead of the catch fence carrying it to nothing so i'm not smart enough for that but uh from in uh it seems like a huge safety concern when race vehicles get into into fences so i don't know if there's a, a different way we can go about that but um definitely a scary moment they're happy to see uh buy it uh all okay so um as for the daytona 500 i I thought it was a really good race, uh, a good debut for uh, the next gen car in a super speedway. Um, I thought they created, you know, really good runs. Guys could pull out and pass, and it was a good mix of uh, pushing, uh, but on edge. The, the cars were on edge, and uh, obviously we saw a lot of uh, incidences happen uh, from guys pushing too hard. But I, I think that that's that's what makes uh, super speedway racing what it is. I think you have to have that on-edge excitement and uh, to the point where, you know, guys just aren't pushing aimlessly and ridiculously aggressive. They, they have in the back of their mind that if they push too hard and in the wrong spot, it can create an issue. So I thought overall it was really good racing. Looking forward to Auto Club this weekend. Uh, really, this weekend is, is the first true test for what we're actually going to see with this next-gen car on an intermediate track. We kind of had two anomaly type races at a super speedway and at at the coliseum this will be the first true test of the type of racing that we're going to see in a true test uh as to what uh nascar looks like in the future ty i just want to hit on something you kind of cut out there when you're talking about what to change with the trucks and the trucks are made to fold were you talking about changing the fence and doing something with plexiglass or what were you talking about there yeah so you know, I don't think it, it doesn't make any sense to um, make the truck stronger because they're designed to absorb energy when you start stiffening the, the trucks or the race vehicles up. Um, you know, it, it becomes a safety concern when the when the driver says something solid. So I don't know if there's anything you can do, but, you know, uh, my thought was is to make, make the, instead of having a catch fence, make it something smooth like plexiglass i know that's not something that's probably strong enough but something smooth and transparent of that nature where a, 
race vehicle got airborne, it would just slide across it instead of rip it to smithereens. So um, that's above my pay grade. Um, hopefully they can figure something out to, to do something in the future. Well, again, uh, thank you so much for your time as always. Uh, we love that you're gracious enough with us and, and come on to talk about it. We look forward to seeing what you do at Las Vegas here after the off week, and we'll uh, talk to you after that. Thank you again, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me as always. Yep, good luck at Vegas, buddy. See you, see you later. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Yep. Well, uh what a great interview by Ty. We're uh, very fortunate to have him on with us this year. Thank you to Derek for coming on last year. We hope to catch up with Derek here uh, soon too, but some interesting thoughts. Uh, I wanted to pick his brain on that being a mechanical engineer by trait to see if he thinks there's anything they could do. Cause we know he's very smart and, and builds his own stuff, but interesting that he thinks switching something with the uh, catch fence, which uh, when he said it, um, I had thought about it in the past, but it really makes a lot of sense but you got to have the fence to protect the fans, you know, so, and, uh, you know, the shrapnel goes flying, you know, we saw that piece get caught in, uh, in MJ's uh, front grill of his uh, motorhome. Um, yeah, that fence is made to stop them and keep them on the track, but yeah, it's like, it just absolutely destroys them. Vehicles don't know what the answer is. As long as, as long as these drivers are walking away, um, that was the only thing on that 31 car that was actually, uh, straight uh, was the driver door. I hear he put a he put a prayer and taped it on the inside of the door there. I, I read that and uh, and that door was never touched. So <laughs> so um, scary wreck, man. Exciting, um, I guess. People sure talked about it, but the best thing about it was that he walked away from it. Yeah, and we'll talk about it uh, here shortly. We'll get into the Xfinity series. My mm. last uh, uh, comment on it would. Um would be thankfully that he walked away and kudos to NASCAR uh, for continuing to look into and being proactive instead of reactive to the safety of these vehicles of the tracks and everything around it. Because uh, if you're reactive, uh, that's when be, when something happens and uh, you know, it's racing There's something's something could happen, uh, but being proactive rather than reactive is the right way to go about it. And NASCAR is doing it the right way. Yeah. I just don't, I don't, want to see them slow them down any more than what they are. You know, I think they're right at the right speed. Um, these uh, hood flaps and all that stuff uh, has, has helped a lot throughout the years, but there's just certain angles that a vehicle gets that does just seem to catch wind just the right way. And it sends them, <laughs> gets them going airborne. So uh, yeah, they got to study more on that to try to keep these cars on the track. Absolutely, and I have no doubt that they're doing just that. Uh, well, let's get into the Xfinity series here. Um, in stage one, you know, Anthony Alfredo in that new Xfinity series rise, he loses the passenger side window right off the bat, so he has to come down and, and replace that because that's a required part. Uh, Drew Dollar, who was in the ARCA race uh, prior to the Xfinity race, got loose, overcorrected, and slammed the wall. You and I were talking a little bit about that, and it was like, man, he he clobbered the wall in the ARCA race, and apparently he didn't hit it hard enough because then he hit it hard again in the Xfinity race. Uh, thankfully, he was okay as well. Yeah, both times, nose her in, yeah. So <laughs> once wasn't good enough, so he did it again, and, uh, yeah, unfortunate for him. Yeah, he got into uh, Jeremy Clements. Jeremy Clements was not happy, blamed buy it, uh, buy it rides where basically – People that don't have the experience come and, and buy rides, and he blamed that on, on that. Um, 
you're going to have inexperience no matter what, especially in the Xfinity and Truck Series. So I think that was just more frustration coming out from him. But uh, how about Daniel Hemrick? Very strong early on. He wins stage one. Um, A.J. Elmendinger, his teammate, was second. Then Herbst, Hill, Gregson, Gibbs, Elgeyer, Sieg, Brown, and Mayer. Yeah, through that whole thing, I was uh, I got on here that Gregson, uh, he, first off, he got a penalty for a tire. And then the second one, well, how about that save? How about that save that he had when he went down on, on the apron? And, um, you know, him and Hemrick already have uh, some history. and But uh, they're, they're actual teammates in the Cup Series. So that's kind of strange how they were uh, punching each other in the head last year and now they're teammates. And, uh, but that was a heck of a save, and Hemrick uh, let, let him back in. And, uh, yeah, that was the save of the Xfinity race right there. Absolutely. Uh, yep. That happened in stage two and, you know, they did comment on being teammates after they had that issue. So, um, but you and I were talking about that too. Like, how's that going to work? And and I'm sure they'll be fine. They're professionals. I'm sure it was just a little mm-hmm. dust up from a few years ago, but uh, you know, uh, incredible that um, Hemrick didn't push it a little bit too far and get back into him and cause something. It was really a great save by Gregson and then uh, great that Hemrick had the space to maybe let him back up in, in front of him. Yeah. I, Cause if he didn't, they would have wanted them all up. That was right next to, you know, the leaders right there. So yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> the whole field. Yep. Um, Hemrick goes on to sweep the stages, just like what happened in the truck series. Uh, Sieg was second then mayor, AJ, Elgeyer, Brown, Gibbs, Barry, Jones, and Herbst. Uh, how about Wisconsin driver saying, Mayor, he kind of had an interesting day, but he finishes up in the top three in stage two. Yeah, but then he had some issues with uh, with a bumper cover later on, and then uh, and then and then try to get that to uh, to try to get that um, stuck to the vehicle, and, and he, they failed on that too. And uh, and then <laughs> so the bumper cover was uh, was a hindrance to Sam Mayer later in that race. Yeah, in the last uh, part of the race there, he was coming to pit road. You know, the announcer missed it, but I think what happened is actually Herbst or Gibbs, whoever was behind him, it was a Monster Energy car, got into the back of him. They thought it was caused from an outside car coming down a little bit and that the paint spun him. I'm pretty sure that Herbst or Gibbs made contact with that back bumper. Mayer goes around, doesn't make contact with the wall or anything, but that contact from that car is what jarred that back bumper loose yeah that, that the 54 gibbs is the one who made contact with him on that when they showed a replay from the other angle you could see that he got into him and um yeah it's a rule that you got to have that bumper cover on so, so i guess there must be an advantage for not having that on there where the air can get up under the car i don't know that nascar must think that way so they just take that out of the equation and say you got to have that bumper cover back on yeah, I wonder if it's a little bit of safety and advantage, something uh, like that. I don't know what safety would play because it's not like it's a huge – I mean, that can easily jar loose like we just saw. So I, I don't know about that part, but it's mm. uh, it's required. Uh, how about C.J. McLaughlin getting loose and overcorrecting? That collects uh, Moffitt, Martins, Hemrick, Williams, uh, Gase, Lee, Earnhardt, Weatherman, uh, maybe others involved in that one. And Hemrick was in the back due to uh, a pit stop having to come back in. They thought what uh, I just was listening to him do the other day. They thought they had a flat tire or something wrong with the wheel. You want to know what it was? Bear Bond got stuck around the tire and he felt like he had a flat spot. So he came back in. Nothing was wrong other than that. And that cost him maybe the race because it put him in the back and then he was involved in this. 
Yeah, yeah, but then he ends up getting involved with it. So, well, you know, if that's what he felt, he thought that something's going on, you know, and you don't want to take chances out that high speed, so he brought it in. So, yeah, what a bummer that is, man. Yeah, and then, of course, the uh, big wreck that uh, we talked to Ty about, that we talked about a little bit after after the white flag came out, uh, Snyder goes airborne in the catch fence. Uh, others were involved in this. You know, that catch fence we both talked about up there acts as a cheese grater. Um, just just destroyed that car. Um, The motor bounced all the way into the infield. Where was the fuel cell? I think it maybe was underneath the car. That was not shown. Um, Boy, but again, kudos to NASCAR. We won't harp on it any longer, but kudos to them. Uh, But how about this? Your pick, rookie, Austin Hill, wins the race. Almondinger was second, and that was a close call. If the caution comes out a little bit before that, AJ has the race, and he's been close at Daytona a few times now. Uh, Gregson was third, then Herbst, Elgeyer, Creed, Alfredo, uh, Ryan Sieg, Bilicki, uh, Wisconsin. Josh Bilicki finishes ninth. How about that? And there then you go. Good stuff, Bilicki. Yeah, a good deal. Yeah. But uh, how about Austin Hill? He says he goes to RCR for one reason, to win races, and bang, right out of the chute, he gets one. You know, that 21 car, it's that, that's always been a good, decent car like there, and I just kind of rolled the dice and said that's who's going to win the race, and, boy, he was up there all day long. He was up in the top five, dicing it up with them all. So, yep, uh, good pick by me. Yes. <laughs> Uh, you know, I think uh, Creed will have something to say in that two car as well. RCR is going to be one to uh, fight with going down the into the season here. Mm-hmm. Let's get into not the Daytona 500 because we got other stuff to talk about, but the Cup Series at Daytona uh, qualifying. Larson captures the pole. Bowman, how about this? Bowman, the front Roman, fifth consecutive front row start. I believe that ties a record with just all-time front row starts, not consecutively, and he's done it the last five years. Um, unbelievable. That's that's amazing. And you got teammates with the same equipment, and he still ends up on the front row. So, <laughs> so there's there's a pick for you next year. So put that in your memory bank. Absolutely. Uh, you know, dual one on Thursday night was pretty tame. Brad Kozlowski goes on to win it. He made a move sooner than anyone thought he was going to, and all the racers, including me, I thought he was going to wait. Um, but how about this? It, it worked, and Kaz Grala, who spot on pit road and went two laps down, makes a lap-last pass of J.J. Yaley after he hooks up with the draft and gets into the Daytona 500, gets Floyd Mayweather into the 500 with that, uh, the money team 50. Yep, cool cool story on the last lap pass, man, so he made it work. Pretty sharp-looking car, too. Something yeah. different, a number 50, just like, well, there's a new number from somewhere, you know, but cool-looking car and everything like that, so a good story there. Absolutely. Um, uh, duel number two, then. Denny spins coming to pit road. And then uh, after pit stops, Harvick wasn't happy that the Fords didn't let him and maybe Stenhouse catch back up, kind of fan out and catch back up. Um, that was interesting because I feel like if he put him in in that in the same shoes there, you're not going to sacrifice your own race to help someone else. So that was just unfortunate for him and Stenhouse. Yeah, well, it's the 150 though. You know, it's just a couple couple qualifying spots that really doesn't make much of a deal. It does during the race, but uh, after the race is over, it really doesn't matter. 
Absolutely. Um, Chris Busher made a move to the inside of Logano. Logano tried to block, and unfortunately, Logano went around. That collects Harrison Burton as well, so kind of two Penske cars there that had damage. You know, we talked about the shortage of parts and cars, and two Penske-affiliated uh, cars at least uh, had to at least fix it or go to a backup car. So, You know, this Logano is involved with a lot of blocking. Him being blocked or blocking somebody, and this time the block got him. And, uh, yeah, he knows they're in the wall, and that was uh, lucky he didn't get collected by a whole bunch more. He was sitting there spinning and spinning down the back stretch, and he never got contact. But, um, yeah, he, he took full blame for it and said that that, that was on him. He was just a, a quarter of a second too late on uh, making that move, and Boucher got, in, Boucher got into him, and, well, that was on. I was surprised he threw that block. And then, of course, Harrison Burton to get damage out of that and hit Logano, uh, unfortunate yeah. for him. But how about Roche, Fenway, Kozlowski, or RFK going two for two in the duels? How about uh, that partnership starting off the right way? And then see uh, Jack Roche, you know, in victory circle. You know, he's he's getting up there in age, but uh, had a big smile on his face. Good to see him back in victory lane, man. It's been um, been trying here the last few years. So, I, you know, back in winter circle. And uh, they both look like they uh, they got some speed back at, in uh, in those two vehicles. They might be relevant this year, man. I was a little surprised after we saw them out at uh, the LA Coliseum for the Bushlight Clash. Uh, they were out for lunch, but uh, performed pretty well in the Clash at Daytona. So we'll see what happens going forward. You know, Ty just mentioned this is kind of the precursor to the season coming up this weekend at Auto Club. Um, but uh, how about Greg Biffle? Uh, hooking up with NY, uh, NY Racing late in the week, and he advances over Timmy Hill. Unfortunately, Tim, uh, Timmy Hill was the do not qualifier out of that duel. Yeah, he ended up with uh, with an issue. What was it? The fuel fuel line? Was it the fuel? There was something going on in the back end. They replaced it. There were sixty laps down, and they were parked. And then once when that first um, incident happened, uh, and so then he came back out and he gained a bunch of positions. And that's a nice payday for that team, you know, just to make the make the race. You know, so who knows? Maybe that team can uh, – maybe you'll find them at Talladega again, maybe, you know, so they can race again. Yeah, very possible. Uh, well, let's get into the Daytona 500. Uh, stay, or first off, hold on, before we get into the stages here, how about uh, – I call him Chuck Wood, but how about Charles uh, Woodson, Packer Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer, uh, with the great uh, driver's start your engines command. That got me fired up. Absolutely. Hey, Green Bay Packer, you know, and did her up and, uh, wow, did you see that crowd at Daytona do it? Did you see the infield? Man, I think we might have to drag up a camper and go down there and take over, dude. It uh, looks like that's a, that looks like that's a good time down there. Don't tempt me. I'm looking mm. to go. I know we're going to the Snowball Derby this year, so next February is probably out of the question. But what about February 2024? I got my eye looking on that. I'd be walking all over that infield, and I'd be meeting all kinds of people and and looking for Wisconsin plates, you know. And then, boy, look out, right? <laughs> look out, that. Oh yeah, yeah, it would be a good time. And you know what's cool about it is Charles Woodson. Uh, he's been a race fan, seen him at a few races before. He's getting more into it. You see a bunch of these high-profile celebrities, um, you know, in a diverse bunch getting into racing. It, it to me, it's so cool to see. Uh, what times we're in right now 
Yeah, and um, you know they're they're putting money into the sport and they're and they're enhancing the sport. So all for it, man. Boxers and football players and hey, bring it on! Anybody who wants to get on board, get in there. No doubt. Uh, stage one. Let's get into it now. Uh, had a couple of wheels come off or break. Kind of strange there. You know, when you think about um, uh, we just talked about the money team. Kaz Grala had an issue there. They're getting penalized. They're going to be uh, without a crew chief and a couple of crew members for four weeks. Um, they haven't announced an appeal on that. I think that one would be hard to win. Plus, they're not going to race all the races, so it's not four races that they're going to enter. It's just four races, so I doubt they're going to do anything. They'll just show up because they were only going to race a few times uh, this year too, so I think they'll probably just take that penalty, although we'll wait to see on that. Justin Haley, though, it looked like something broke what made that tire fall off there. Um, I don't know if the wheel broke itself or something happened. They are actually appealing the same penalty that uh, the money team got. They were going to be without the crew chief for four races and two crewmen, but they are appealing that. So we'll see what happens. We won't hear anything until after this weekend for sure. Yeah, because you could still see part of the – it looked like the rim or whatever was still on the vehicle, and it, it, it yeah. broke that aluminum rim. They say it was because it was mounted wrong, and – um, I don't know. I don't know. There's, we'll see what goes on if there's a penalty with that or whatever. So unreal. But yeah, that that uh, that aluminum rim looked like that broke on that car. I, for whatever reason, maybe it's because of the part I saw still on the car. Think they're going to win that appeal. I could be totally wrong on that, but something about that looks strange, and I I have a feeling that's going to be an interesting appeal process for them. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we'll see where that one goes, man. But it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, this maybe a little bit later in the race, I don't know if we'll talk about it or whatever, but there was a pit where Joey Logano and they were changing the right front tire and he already had the gun going, you know, and you can't you can't have the gun going and laying on. The, the gun's got to be stopped to get it on the nut to, to turn it. So as the gun was still spinning, he had to wait for that gun to stop spinning so he could lock it on the nut. Something new there. You know, it ain't like the old days where you got the, the wrench going and you and you hit the five lugs and it's already spinning. This one here, you have to have the drill stop and lay it on there and put it on. So um, there's some growing pains with that one. Learned that one this last week, too. Absolutely. Uh, Brad Kozlowski was pushing Harrison Burton to the lead pretty aggressively. When? when? He was pushing all day, but anyway. All day. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, but we're talking to stage one here. Uh, Burton goes around into Byron, who slams the inside wall. Kyle Bush got a piece of that. Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin, they were on his uh, front grill cam as he got into Kyle Bush. That's how you found out about the wreck. Great camera work there, and unfortunate timing, but cool camera work. Uh, Christopher Bell, Alex Bowman, Chastain, all involved. Stage one ends under caution. Truex Jr. declared the winner of the stage. Brad was second. Gilliland, Stenhouse, Logano, Austin Dillon, Kurt Busch, Jones, Larson, and Elliott were your top ten in stage one. Um, Harrison Burton came over the radio pretty quick and says, you can't push on the right side. Brad wasn't very happy with how Brad was pushing him. I did hear an interview with him on SiriusXM of yesterday or the day before. Said actually with Brad, he understands what Brad was doing. Brad really didn't do anything aggressively. It's just maybe knowing where to push next time. Well, it's a stage, so they were going for it. You know, you're going fighting for points. Um, I'm surprised how easy the 21 went over. 
Um, good thing that it bit before it almost went over again. It would have it would have barrel rolled a couple times if it wouldn't have caught that first time. Um, Kyle Busch didn't end up with so much damage out of that, but boy, the 24 sure piled her in head first into the inside wall. And boy, that was, you know, fast. You know, they had the in-car camera, the bumper cam behind Kyle Busch. All of a sudden, you see Kyle Busch, all of a sudden, you see him. All of a sudden, oop, all of a sudden, oop, and then you knew it was on. But at first, we didn't know the 21 went over, you know, and then, you know, um, uh, Boyer mentioned, he said, I think somebody went over, and he was right. And, uh, but, uh, Took out a lot of nice cars there, man. They they were front runners at that time. Yeah, um, man, unfortunate. Harrison Burton was doing such a great job too. Um, he was one of the fast Fords there up front, and um, unfortunate that that ended uh, some people's days. But that's that's part of the plate racing, and with the new car too, I think it's a little bit of an adjustment of learning uh, the limit too. So I think that's what Brad was doing. He unfortunately learned the limit by doing it. But if you looked about three laps before that, somebody got into Burton coming off of turn four, and he just barely hung on to that. And they said, watch him saw that was saw the wheel. So maybe just a touch of inexperience there. Um, but there was some heavy-duty pushing that was going on there too, you know. And so, um, yeah, the first time he caught it, but then, well, then he lost it on the backstretch, and, and it was on. He ended up on his ear. Yeah. Um... Stage two was also won by Martin Truex. Uh, great battle to the line there. little help from a lap car, maybe. Uh, Logano was second. He was looking to win the stage. Uh, Bubba Wallace, Brad, Stenhouse, Sindrick, Busher, Harvick, Larson, and Gilliland were the top ten in stage two. And then you knew it was uh, getting ready to race pretty aggressively here. Uh, the last stage there, Reddick spins. Maybe some contact from Jock Villeneuve. It was hard to tell. I don't know if... Uh, Something precipitated that that made Reddick get loose or whatever. Uh, he collects Truex, who won both stages. Logano, Kurt Busch also involved in that. They're saying on on the eight car that the rear suspension on that right side, a piece broke on that. And then uh, Villeneuve said he was loose before he even hit him. He came off the corner and he was already loose, and then he got into him and, and sent him on his way. So, um yeah, he helped. He helped him after he was loose, but uh, apparently they looked into it and said there was a piece that was broken on the right uh, suspension in the back end. Hmm. All right, that's uh, good information. Yeah, I just um, found that out today. Yeah, Larson got into Harvick. Larson had a hell of a run. Gets into Harvick, who spins, collects Gregson, Gilliland, Jones, Elliott spun to avoid, but a couple of hard hits for Gregson and Gilliland. Do you notice in this car when you got flat tires, the car is on its belly, and you you're not going to be able to drag that vehicle back to pit road when you got a flat tire. All of a sudden, you're you're laying on the bottom of the and the car definitely needs <laughs> needs help. You're not going to limp a flat tire around on the track anymore, not with that car. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that is going forward. There's a couple of things I have my eye on, and that's one of them. Uh, no inner liner. Um, because of the way the car's designed and, and the bigger wheel and all that stuff. So, I don't know. That's, <laughs> I have, that's one thing that I have my eye on. I like those new rims, and I like the tires. I do like them. I, I'm, I'm used to that, uh, mostly of all of that of the car. You know, I'm still not used to the number being in the front where it's not. But And uh, the other thing is uh, back behind the wheel well of the back tire to the bumper, there's a more of a solid body there. But uh, that's where I've been uh, interested in looking at the car as itself. Yeah, the number for me, um, 
I think I said this on the Clash podcast that we did, um, isn't an issue for me. It, I don't like the picture. I don't like the still pictures of it, but I don't mind it at speed. I really don't even notice it. To, I notice it, but it's not a big deal to me. But when you take a skill, it looks a little different. I prefer it behind the the back wheel if you're gonna adjust it at all. But no, it's that semantics. I mean, you're it's it's, it's fine either way. It is. Um, it is what it is, and we gotta live with it. Learn to like it. Absolutely. Um, well, Brad pushes too aggressively again. This time Stenhouse was in front of him, and Stenhouse slams the wall. Um, Stenhouse uh, wasn't very happy with Brad again. He was complaining before he even skidded to a stop. He said, yep, I should have figured that. So he knew that was coming. And, um, wow, Brad, Brad's got uh, – <laughs> he had a reputation this week, and if you go on social media – uh, talking about California and people are wondering how many he's going to take out there or whatever. It's, it's a different ball game out of California, but yeah, Brad was involved and he was using the Chrome horn this uh, weekend and um, yeah, he collected some vehicles. So that's you know, the way it goes. Yeah. And you know, Denny Hamlin thought he was pushing too aggressively the first time with Harrison Burton. So um, definitely didn't make any friends, but guess what? He doesn't have anyone to answer to because now he's part owner. So, um, uh, you know, and that's part of it. He was, I think what he was doing is trying to learn the the line and he learned it. And um, unfortunately it collected a few, but that's kind of part of it. The six car is relevant again, you know, and then you might as well say the 17 is too, because it looked like, looked like the 17 and Busher was, looked like, you know, he runs good at uh, Daytona but it looked like the speed was there and uh, we're going to see, we're going to find out a lot of things here in these next three races coming up. I just wonder if, how are they going to do, how are they going to do at um, tracks other than Daytona and Talladega? Because they really struggled at the clash. And I know that's a one-off quarter mile. We're not going to go back there, but you know, that's got to be something with the short tracks package they had. Um, you know, maybe they're going to be okay at Auto Club. It's, you know, more full speed. I do not want to say that the six is more relevant just yet. Uh, I think they will get there. I just so uh, I'm, I'm more hesitant than you are on saying that. It's true because Newman, you know how well he runs at Daytona. You know, he was always up there with the speed and everything like that. But uh, I'm sure that's going to build some confidence with that team. Um, yeah, we'll find out just, uh, um, you know, that Keselowski and all of them brought in a lot of different engineers from different teams and try to make that mix. Um, so we'll see, but, uh, there was a lot of, a lot of comers and goers during this race. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden the Fords were there and it wasn't just a couple Fords. It was a whole line of them. And then a few of them would break in there and they'd fall back. But guess what? All of a sudden you'd look and there was the Fords again. Um, the outside line slowly as the race went on, the outside lines like that was just a little bit faster as that race went on also. Yeah. You know, in that uh, Stenhouse uh, wreck, Busher got collected in that and Bubba got a piece there. That whole fender uh, flew off there. That's kind of interesting with the composite body where, you know, it, uh, a year ago, it probably crushes down on the tire and he has to pit, but instead it broke away. And he was okay with it. We'll talk about the, the finish here with him. Um, but how about uh, Austin Sindrick, a rookie, not his first attempt. He did race last year, 
but a rookie in the two car driving for a company that his dad's worked at for a long time. He's known Roger Penske since uh, he's been born pretty much. They learned, they were talking about how much he's learned from Roger Penske. He's learned how to treat people, shake hands, everything from Roger Penske gets him another Daytona 500 win. He did have to block his teammate, Ryan Blaney, who helped him out all day, even let him down in front of him on that last restart. He did put him in the wall to win it. Um, but at the end of the day, a Penske car won it. And you think back to last year, how upset they were that a Penske team didn't win and they went up in a ball of fire. And then you think about Thursday's duels too. Um, they didn't work together very well at the end there. They could have shoved out to the front and one bailed on the other. And I think there was a conversation about that, but um, so he puts Blaney in the wall just a little bit, blocks him and then defends Bubba to win the Daytona 500. You know, and uh, you know, um, I guess you'd have to say that Cedric won that race because of Blaney. There was, it was a big time factor. You got to remember in stage one that uh, um, the two was involved with the 14 with Briscoe and there was a little uh, spin there by Briscoe, and he got a third place out of it, you know, so he, he fought hard the rest of the day. Uh, Bubba Wallace almost won that race. It was close. Um, a lot of Some people were saying he was below the line, He was, but then again, he was forced down there. It would have been a, a ball and strike call. Um, good 500, man. I loved it. It was a good race. I actually went back and watched it again today. That was my whole deal to make sure that I didn't miss anything. And I did miss something. I did not know until the end of the race that Bubba Wallace did miss that fender on that right side. I had to do a double take like, holy cow, that fender is missing. And still to uh, be as fast as he was without that fender on there, um, that's rather impressive. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, you know, you think about Bubba, could he have potentially spun Sindrick, went high and won that race? You think about that too, and, and he didn't do it. Bubba finishes second for the second time. Uh, the first time was a little unexpected. This time uh, he was pretty hurt by finishing second, but uh, a great race. Good job by Sindrick, Bubba, Blaney. Uh, you know, Austin Sindrick's dad, Tim Sindrick, we just talked about him being involved in Penske. He said that no one deserves to win the Daytona 500 more than Blaney. And uh, I think that's true. I, I think it was true this time. I think it was true a few years ago uh, when Ryan Newman had his big wreck. Uh, Ryan Blaney um, has been snake bit a little bit uh, in close finishes and unfortunate events. I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, Blaney, I told you with 50 laps to go, I says, I know who's the one that's the most relevant here. And I was saying Blaney was the one that was going to be there. But uh, he helped his partner there, and Cindric ran a hell of a good race, man. All in all, that was a good race. Partners really mattered. During the first two stages, there, there was nobody that could actually find their own partner. You know, there was always a mixed mixed around. But when it got to be the end, and Boyer even said with the 2 and 12, you're going to have to break them two up. You're going to have to break them up, or otherwise they're going to be hard to beat. And, you know, the 2 and the 12 have a history together. I mean, we're talking 10 years ago when Kurt Busch was and, and Newman was back in the day in the 2 and the 12. That's, uh, you know, the 2 and the 12 has always worked together throughout all of the, all the times in speed, um, speed weeks like that. So all of a sudden there's the 2 and the 12 working together again, and we've seen this before. Um, Heck of a race, man. Um, everybody was safe this this weekend. Beautiful weather. Crowds were good. TV uh, ratings better. The, the best they've been since 
I believe, 18th when I read. So uh, highly successful week, man. That was good, good stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so behind Sindrick and Bubba, Briscoe, you mentioned, finished third. Then Blaney was fourth, even though he slapped the wall there. Almarola, his last race at his home track, finishes top five. He was hurt to finish inside the top five. He could have won it back in 2018 when uh, Dylan got into him and pushed him, pushed him a little aggressively to, to win that race. Um, Kyle Busch in a damaged car finishes sixth. McDowell, last year's winner, seventh. David Reagan um, in that 15 Rick Rare Racing car finishes inside the top ten and eighth. Brad, ninth, and, and Elliott, tenth. Um, wow. Wow. What, what, a, what a race. Cool to see. Um, and really wasn't it Ke- was Keselowski that after they got over the line that they ended up hitting the 34 and the, and then the 15 went and both of them ended up piling the wall and I think Blaney was involved with that too so there was there was some hurt race cars even after the race after they piled them into the wall so but yeah, uh, yeah that's the way it goes <laughs> that's the way it is that's Daytona for you when I first thought it, I saw I thought Brad spun more, and I thought he's going to have a hard time getting out of Daytona. But it looked like Reagan came down a little bit, made contact with the sixth, and then uh, the sixth got into the thirty-four, and they went hard. I mean, Reagan and McDowell had a couple of hard hits there mm-hmm. at, at the finish, and and before that, Brad tried to block a run from Briscoe, who had a huge run, and kind of put him in the wall. So I think. Uh, We'll see what happens with Brad going forward, but definitely did not make friends. But um, that's racing. It's hard to have friends in racing, right? And that Daytona is, you know, if you've ever been there live and you ever see that track, that track is not that wide. Three three wide is pushing pushing the limit big time on there. And so when they're coming for that and they're rubbing and all that stuff, um, yeah, it's amazing that they don't wad them up even more than what they do. I haven't seen multiple cars go around the track at the same time. You and I made a trek over there after we went to the Daytona or excuse me, the 50th annual snowball derby. And I, so I got to only see one car, but you look down at that track and you said, when you see this track, cause you've been there and seen races, you're not going to believe that they go three wide. And I looked at that track and I'm like, how do they go too wide? You know, it looks that way where it's not wide enough, but they do it. And it's amazing. Yeah, when it's three wide at Daytona, you got to pay attention to that because there isn't much room for air there. Yeah. So I mentioned there was a couple things that I was keeping my eye on there. It almost seemed like there was a lot of tire, wheel, rear suspensions um, from not some big hits even that it kind of ruined the rear end there. The car almost seemed a little fragile to me. I know there's been a lot of interviews from the drivers saying it's not, but uh, what's your thoughts on that? You know, you could see that with the Stenhouse car after he was wrecked, how that back rear tire was so towed. You know, all that's all independent back there nowadays. So, um, yeah, I, I, the jury's out on this, but yeah, you're right. It seems like uh, there's some fragile pieces and parts of these cars, and um, it'll be a learning curve. I'm sure they'll figure it out, get a little bit more improved, but for coming out of the box like that, I thought um, they held up rather well. It's, yeah, it's weird. Some cars, um, you know, the 21, when he went over, I thought the car actually held up rather well. Um, it was scuffed up pretty good, you know, but still it was, um, it was still pretty much intact. Um, Byron, when he hit the wall head on, um, I thought the front end was actually better off than when I, you know, when Danica hit it like that, it was up to the windshield. Um, it looked like the front end held up rather well. So, um, yeah, there's uh, 
some different kinds of things to look at. Uh, the real racing starts this weekend at California. So <laughs> that's that's my view. We'll see where it, it'll be in the driver's hands this weekend. Yeah, the next few weeks will be uh, interesting to see what, what happens of it. Um, you know, there's a couple of news items here. Uh, Chase Elliott extended uh, his contract at Hendrick Motorsports to 2027. There's rumors that Byron is very close to doing the same thing without the years being known. Um, there will be no penalties for Roush Fenway Keselowski racing or Penske for the wheel modifications they did. In fact, NASCAR changed the rule on that where you can um, kind of modify to get the wheel back to other things and you can do slight things with it. Um, so NASCAR changed that rule a little bit, so no penalties. I was kind of surprised by that because, you know, Penske and Roush were saying that it was a safety modification. And to me, without knowing the situation, I was looking at like if it was a safety um, thing, you should have let NASCAR know about it weeks ago. And uh, they actually said after they won the Daytona 500, Roger Penske said that they did let him know. Um, so it kind of makes sense that there's no penalty after that. Interesting that NASCAR would change the rule based on that. It's, it's hard to wrap my head around it a little bit because I also think that the other teams weren't doing that or weren't able to do that, but they did it. I, I don't know, but no penalties at the end of the day of it. Um, and then the penalties, which we know uh, the money team uh, for four races for the crew chief and two crew members, and then also for collar racing, but colleague has announced that they're um, appealing, which we previously mentioned. Yeah, I think them tire them tire ones are a little bit steep, but uh, on the other one where there's no penalty, it makes you wonder if NASCAR is getting soft. <laughs> you know, usually when they drop the hammer, it, this is the way it is, and there's no way around it. Yeah, I couldn't understand if they're they're claiming that's a safety deal, and then they they held it away from them or they told them or whatever. Um, it's got something to do with the inside rim of how they can mount the mount the tire or how the pit guy or the tire guy can t grab the tire or whatever. Um, don't understand 100% of what they're talking about there, uh, but they tagged it as a safety deal, and, and apparently NASCAR agreed with them. So to change the rule, I guess it's legitimate. So we'll see. You know, they'll yeah. be talking about more about that probably on a pre-race show this Sunday. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, well, last thing here, Mark, our picks. Our picks, you did very well last week. You swept it. In fact, you got an extra point for picking Austin Hill to be the winner. So you are up four to zero on me. Unfortunately, I got some work to do here. Um, our contest between each other here is whoever wins that series the week before or pre the previous race because the trucks don't race this week gets to pick first for the next week. So – Going out to Auto Club for the Xfinity Series, I will pick Daniel Hemrick. I liked his speed at Daytona. I like what Colleg Racing is doing. I think Daniel Hemrick has something to prove after what happened to him in Daytona. And I will take the Chartreuse number 19. How's that? All right. That's, that's who's going to win that race. Brandon Jones, huh? Brandon Jones will win that race at the Xfinity. All right. Uh, let's go into the Cup Series. I will take, similar to Daniel Hemrick, I think this guy's got something to prove and has run well there in the past. Maybe not the best out of all of them, doesn't have the best stats, but I'm going to take Ryan Blaney. You're going to take Ryan Blaney, and I'm going to take somebody that's been dominating California for many years, and I thought you were going to take him. 
And so then I had a backup, so I don't need that backup. I'm going to take Kyle Busch. I'm going to yeah. take the M&M's guy. You know, he runs good at California. Um, you know I want to take a Ford, uh, but I can't leave Kyle Busch sit there. So I think I got you covered there on that one too there, buddy. It's a very good pick. I have Kyle Busch picked in your pool that you do. Uh, I really wanted to take Kyle Busch, but something's telling me to take Blaney after what happened to him in the Daytona 500. The Fords have been fast. I told you before the season, you know, historically I've been a Chevy guy. I think the Fords have something uh, up their sleeves for this year and are going to be super fast. So I had to go with Blaney over Kyle Busch. Uh, Joey Logano I thought about a little bit too. He has some pretty good stats out there as well. Well, Gibbs on the Xfinity Series also, and Truex runs good in the Cup Series out there too. But if yeah. you would have took, took Kyle Busch, I would have proved that uh, Kazalowski's back, and I would have took Kazalowski in that four. Oh. That was my second pick, just to see if that six car is back. Because hey, Kazalowski runs great at California, but we uh, we'll save that we'll save that for down the road. I wish I would have took Kyle Busch. Now I think that's such money in the bag for me, but you never know. I don't um, know. We're gonna find out. If, we're gonna find. We're gonna find out if Kazalowski's got speed or not. That would have been good. That would have been good. Uh, Well, Mark, uh, we've gone long enough here. Let's finish this up here. Um, You know, one thing I did want to mention, other than the thank you for all our supporters and fans, is the contest that we have going on. So, unfortunately, we mentioned it at the Clash, uh, on the Clash podcast, excuse me, that we were going to do the Fox 11 finish line challenge. Well, that never materialized, and I guess Fox 11 or you pick them is not going to run that. So on our page, we have a season contest going on. Right now, we're saying you have to pick by March 12th. There hasn't been as much participation as we'd like. So what it is is you pick uh, who you think is going to win the championship by March 12th as of right now, who's going to win the championship for the Trucks, Affinity, and Cup. If if um, one of your picks hit, you get an entry into the yearly drawing. So if all three hit, you get three entries and it's going to be a random drawing. You just determine how many entries you get by how many championship drivers you have, right? So if you pick the champion, you get a drawing into it and you win either the Sunday ticket to the snowball derby, if you're going to it, or you get the four day pay-per-view on uh, racing America and speed 51 TV. So there's that out there. We're also going to run, uh, random weekly contests at, uh, as well. We ran for one for the Daytona 500. A few people got into it. None of them hit the winner. Um, so there's a couple contact uh, contests on our page. So go check those out, participate in it. It's free. It's, it's free. free. You have nothing to lose. If so, it's free, uh, it's for me. Yeah. So uh, go out there <laughs> and uh, like our page and also – Uh, comment who you think is going to be the champion and then watch out for the weekly contest as well. We'll do a few of those throughout the year. Um, To end that, uh, thank you, everyone. We ran a little longer than we want to again. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Thanks to Ty Majeski once again. Great interview uh, by him. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, we'll see you, man. Good race in California this week, and we'll see you later. Absolutely. This has been a production of Double L Sports Network. Hope you all enjoyed it, and thank you for listening.